yeah. I love my HBCU. And bar, I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man, I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Yeah, man. I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Yeah, I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouse. But if they won, keep tab. I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talk. they know what they be talking about. Yeah. Talkin they about. compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot yeah. And who the ball? So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes, and pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. Yeah. This is Dr. Bill with Inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Mike Washington is out on assignment on this one, though. We need to make sure we uh, say a prayer for him. Um, he is dealing with the loss in the family. Um, so want to make sure we keep him in our prayers. With that being said, we have the clinical professor. Uh, he's in the building. That is A.D. Drew and none other than Charles Bishop. Uh, my right-hand man, making sure we give you this HBCU up. We were at the game yesterday. Yesterday, <laughs> we got to uh, tangle up and kind of talk through it together. We split on Monday to make sure we could give you both uh, views of it. But last night, we got to talk through it, and we got to be over there with the VP of Athletics, Kevin Granger, as he does his analysis. And it's fascinating uh, listening to Granger, a guy that played the game, at a high level, particularly in the SWAC, in terms of a Hall of Fame of Jersey hanging down in there, and the passion that he even sits on the sideline. A point uh, guard's passion. His son happens to be, yeah, his youngest son happens to be playing on the team. So that just puts in a different mix. Um, and with that, the, it's a family affair. The uh, older brother comes out there, both older brothers, I should say, come out there. His uh, younger, child the daughter is there with the wife and it is a life lesson in terms of hbcu culture uh and what it means because all of them are hbcus in this case all of them are actually texas southern alum so shout out to kevin granger um as he continues to push texas southern university forward in the family there but it's just amazing to see that and i wanted to tie you into that charles as we sit there and have these different expressions and ask questions on certain things uh, that we think we have the knowledge of the game. And you get some particulars and uh, nuances that you just don't get. We'll get into that a little bit in the second uh, part of the show, second segment, if you will, where we break down some of these matchups that happen in SWAC. We'll get into some MEAC as that goes down on Saturday. So next week it'll really be interesting because we'll be able to talk about the more traditional Saturday-Monday matches between MEAC and SWAC. We have uh, some Hampton matchups today. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. Obviously, in the Colonial, women's play on Friday, Sunday, while the men tend to play on Thursday, uh, Saturday. We do have an update we can give you in terms of Tennessee State. On the women's side, they did lose to Southern University, Southern Illinois University, Evansville. A tough loss there as the Tennessee, Tennessee State women are struggling a little bit in the conference race early on. They lost their game 70s. 60-69, so it was competitive. But 
that's kind of enough for the opening segment. Let's get into today's episode of Inside the HBC Sports Lab, uh, sponsored by THG Agency, LLC. THG Agency is a company that provides sporting and educational consulting and data analytics. So welcome to episode 354, Inside the HBC Sports Lab radio show and podcast. The show that's covering the sporting HBC dash for all things HBC sports from institutional large and small, from the NAIA to the NCAA. We share insights and information on the HBC sports culture, HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs and the business of HBC sports. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, along with my co-host. Today, I have none other than Professor Charles Bishop, clinical professor A.D. Drew, uh, sitting in as we're filming from our home studios and sending a signal live, Caseway Short 30 AM studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Famer, multi-Hall of Famer Ralph Cooper in a beautiful home of Texas Southern University. With that being said, start with you, Charles. What's some HBCU news of the day of the week? Uh, what's hot on your plate? Yeah, let's start out with Jackson State's James Houston IV. He sets an NFL record uh, in the Detroit Lions win this past weekend. Uh, former Jackson State standout James Houston IV made a career-high three sacks and set an NFL record in the process of the Detroit Lions win this past Sunday. Uh, his dominant performance gives him seven sacks on the season setting, an NFL record for most sacks in the first six games of a player's career in league history. So shout out to James Houston for getting it done, uh, representing Jackson State the Detroit Lions. That's amazing, uh, especially when you're coming off the practice squad. Right. That's one of those things where you like, man, don't these people get paid to get all this right? Uh, well, whatever. He's getting it done now, so we'll, we'll move on with that. So great point. Shout out to uh, James Houston, the fourth, as he's blazing trails, as they say down that way uh, at Jackson State. The I love. Eddie hey, Drew, what's on your mind? Media rights. You know, in 2022, we learned more about media rights and primary and secondary and tertiary and uh i did add a new word to my vocabulary uh last year and that was duopoly because <laughs> that that word was not in my vocabulary last year my brother that not not no I, I like it i like it yeah so i like it since since i'm so enamored with media rights right now i want to talk about the ciaa and their new uh Partnership. CIAA announces new partnerships for basketball broadcasts, and this comes out of their office in Charlotte, North Carolina. Of course, we all know the CIAA is the oldest HBCU conference in the nation, and they have announced that they would have their game on HBCU Go. And everybody, do not get confused. The Black College Sports Broadcasting network not the black college sports network just want to make sure everybody does not get confused although we'll be more than happy to take some of that action over here uh with our offices down in atlanta <laughs> but uh yeah uh meanwhile the 2023 uh tournament we know that's going to be played in baltimore cfg bank arena and that portion of their contract will be on espn in the regular season, HBCU Go will showcase five men's and five women's double headers for a total of 10 conference matchup. Uh, that other network, a subsidiary of PRC Communications, will do 14 men's and women's games. So 
this is the second season that HBCU Go has done CIAA game. So uh, a lot of exciting news. Uh, you know, there's only really one more shoe that has to drop in the media rights for our HBCU conferences. You know, GCAC has their agreements. SWAC has has their agreements. Uh, SIAC has their agreements. And now the CIAA has their agreement. So, uh, Commissioner Steels, we're waiting on you to go ahead and finalize your agreement so we can announce it right here on uh, Inside the Sports Lab also, Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. You know it, and as you said, we'll break it down. Pretty nice deal when you think about all the different ways that they've been able to take advantage of what you would break down in terms of primary, secondary, and tertiary rights, uh, even separating some pay-per-view um, championship rights. Um, so the way that they were able to create a collage, if you would, of different media rights seems to be strategic in terms of what they want to get done. So kudos to the CIAA uh, in terms of commissioner uh, getting it done down there in a lot of ways and the presidents from the CIAA come together to make this work. Uh, big, big time moves. Even has me interested to find a way to sneak up to Baltimore, CIAA for men's and women's basketball. I'm thinking about it, trying to plan it out to see if my schedule will let me. It's make on the bucket it list. Happen. A lot of good stuff going on. On my bucket what list. What were you saying? It's on my bucket list. Got to. Yeah, you got you got to get there. Got to do celebration bowl. Got to do the CIAA. Uh, but yeah, you're right. You want to put it on there. Mm-hmm. Let me go back to you, Charles, in terms of what some additional thoughts you have, news of the day. What's else on your mind? Yeah, I think this was a pretty interesting uh, story here from uh, HBCU Sports Celebration Bowl to finish among the most uh, uh, attended games of the bowl season. Celebration Bowl tilt between Jackson State and North Carolina Central uh, played in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Uh, drew a game record 49,670 fans on December 17th. That figure was higher than the Holiday Bowl. Sun Bowl, Citrus Bowl, Duke's Mayo Bowl, and 24 other bowls featuring FBS schools. So kudos uh, to the HBCU community that turned out for this game, Jackson State's fan base, North Carolina Central's fan base. But it really was. It was a cornucopia of HBCU fan bases uh, coming to the Celebration Bowl. And it, it really, you saw it in the hotel. There were a lot of uh, various alumni represented. Yeah, I was there in the hotel with you. You're absolutely right when you talk about all the different paraphernalia that people had on that it is becoming the space and the place to be to close out the football season in some ways to start out the basketball season. So it's fascinating to see how that will continue to churn. And as um, the interest in terms of HBCU spreads and opens up and those that have not necessarily been in this marketplace finds out more about how they can generate revenue off of it, you gotta believe that it's gonna continue to grow which certainly would be a good thing for HBCUs, and I would say a good thing for us. Great points you make there uh, when you break down just um, what that looks like. Well, when you really think about that, in a lot of ways, you're talking about a space that, uh, in general, people just don't see you in. I mean, mm. you're talking about the FCS, um, and we need to magnify that and understand that when you are really playing in a space where it's built for FBS programs. So the ability to navigate that space and get in there, first of all, is significant. And to be in a position after year six, you know, seven, if you would, in terms of the years of the bowl is amazing. 
when you talk about some of these other bowls having 10, 15, 20 years on you, obviously the largest one, larger ones are at 90, 100 plus years. So amazing to see what that looks like and how far things have come. Uh, so it looks like things are in an upward trajectory, which is certainly positive. I'm going to go back to you, Drew. I'll see what else is on your mind. Uh, before I hit this uh, note, so I want to make sure I understood this right. So not only did we have FBS attendance at the Celebration Bowl, but we had FBS ratings on the tube also. I just want to make sure I got I'm, – I'm trying to put all this stuff inside this little pea head right here. So. <laughs> <laughs> you had it right. You got it all up in there, uh, which okay. was a great point, and I'm glad that you made sure that the listeners are aware of that. I'm sure they've seen it, but the fact that you put them together is extremely important. Go ahead. All right. All right, Howard Howard's Man Basketball announces team social justice project centered around black maternal health advocacy. And this comes from uh, BXSports.com. The team chose to organize around black mental health as a social justice project this season due to the amount of attention in the past year given to the issues, like the overturn of the Roe v. Wade uh, team captain Jelani Williams said. It goes on to say, being an HBCU, we also know that Black people, especially Black women, are generally more impacted by issues in American society than other groups. As a team with Black mothers, aunts, sisters, and friends across each of our lives, in addition to being an, on a campus as predominantly female, we felt it would be helpful to organize around an issue that affects them and one that is not talked about nearly enough. And the article goes on further to say, uh, using the platform provided by the MLK Day game versus Morehouse, interesting that they picked the all-male school to play this game against. Mm -hmm. the, the team will be formally kicking off their volunteer efforts around Black maternal health by partnering with Mama, Mama Toto Village, I hope I said that correctly, on a community event to package pregnancy care Pregnancy Care Kits on Sunday, January 5th, 15th. That is actually the Martin Luther King's uh, legal birthday uh, with the holiday coming the day after to uh, celebrate the holiday. So a uh, shout out to uh, to Howard Basketball, Morehouse Basketball. And, and one thing I find interesting about this, especially when you could uh, consider all the, all the things that Howard had have medical schools and everything like that, that they would take on an issue like this and partner with Morehouse, who has its own medical school to partner with the, uh, yeah. with this type of ish, ish, in, issue, in addition to Howard's law school, uh, you know, j just kind of those dynamics of the ancillary things that are available from these universities to uh, partner with this type of event. Mm. Excellent point, excellent point. Uh, the way you put that out there. I want to give a quick shout out to all the lab listeners before we get into our first break. Derek Carson, Emma Price, checking us out. Silas Edward McMorris, Chuck Hunt, always in the building. McMorris always giving us some love. Appreciate you. I got to tease uh, our buddy, uh, Joshua Sam Senior, with this. He says, I always love seeing that clip of Dewanye Tucker PV running all over North Carolina Central doing that EX <laughs> challenge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do agree. G Boom Holly's in here. Good evening and prayers to Mike and his family for their loss. Exactly. 
Appreciate the kind words. Anthony Weston, Edwin D. Moore, Mary Allen, showing up and showing out. Lennon O, Ricky Burton, LaShot Harris is showing us some love. Thanks, LaShot. Sister there. Celebration Bowl 22 was well attended. No doubt about it. Mary Allen uh, is saying, I just got back from Atlanta visiting family. Kudos to you. Hope all the family is doing well. Good to make sure that you spend time with the family. That's what it's all about. Troy Franklin, Michael Knox, getting in here. And Troy says, good evening, fellas. With that, we'll get into our first break. We'll be right back on the other. We'll get into the hardwood. We'll talk a little bit of the basketball, starting with some win updates because it is just getting started in the SWAC, but things are good and interesting. We'll get back on the other side and talk about it. Stickers will be right back after this break. Let's get back to getting ticks instead of watching flicks. Before we can safely get out there, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your crew. Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillows of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? Maureen is saving big holiday shopping at Amazon. So now she's free to become Maureen the Marrier. Food is her love language. And she really loves her grandson like really loves since 2002 empowerment resources inc a nonprofit organization has empowered more than 1500 youth and adults in duval and surrounding counties through its programs journey into womanhood girls mentoring life skills for teens and parenting education coaching to get involved with programs volunteer or donate visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org follow us on social media facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowerment j-a-x you see head and shoulders has scalp shield technology protects against flakes even between washes it's never not working kind of like us number 15 never not working I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Head and shoulder scalp shield. Never not working. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention because he gonna teach a lesson. This is Dr. Cavill with Inside the HBC Sports Lab with none other than clinical professor Drew and Professor Bishop bring in the building. 
Uh, I told you as we kind of opened up the show, spoiled it a little bit, uh, first, first game talk about uh, was a game today. As we go back and look at the scratch games tomorrow, is OVC, where Tennessee State goes down uh, to Southern Illinois University of Evansville. So Tennessee State women fall to 0-3 in the OVC, a major hole. Uh, the 5-9 and nine overall in the record, not too bad there, but certainly losing record, got a long way to go to get out of that hole. Um, so in terms of uh, their next matchup is Saturday, uh, which they go on the road uh, to Lindenwood. Remember, Lindenwood is Division II program, historic white college that is moving up to the OVC, so it'll be interesting to see if they might be able to get a win there. Lindenwood is just 1-13 on the season, so if you – Able to get a win, that's supposed to be one you got to find a way to get, even though you're on the road. So it'll be interesting to see what goes on there. Taking it to the women's side, uh, as we had the big Monday, if you would, barring a phrase, in terms of spike matchups to kind of start things off, you had six games. We broke those down on Tuesday, but when you get into Wednesday, because you had some of those head-to-head matchups, you only had four matchups uh, this uh, yesterday, if you would, this past Wednesday. Uh, first one was uh, the switch games where you had Mississippi Valley at uh, Huntsville, Alabama A&M in their new arena. You had Alabama A&M, the Lady Bulldogs getting it done 77-62. and And then you had the other one that's also in Alabama, which is Montgomery, that would be. Arkansas Pine Bluff going to Alabama State. Arkansas Pine Bluff is a bit of hole as uh, we thought they might be one of the teams to give Jackson State a little bit of fight. Mm-hmm. They got a way to go. They're going to get it done. They lose to Alabama State. Uh, 72 to 63. Alabama State Lady Hornet says, Don't forget about us. We're the one that played for the championship last year against Jackson State. So mm-hmm. I stand uh, point made there for those who jump out on that. Prairie View gets a big win on the women's side, gets a little payback for Pooh that's been looking for this victory against Southern. She gets it done. It goes to overtime. I happen to kind of keep my eyes back and forth on this game. Uh, Prairie View had a lead at the end with just seconds to go up. By three, guess what? Southern hits a shot at the buzzer, forces the overtime. Prairie is able to regroup at home and get it done as they win a narrow one, 55 to 52. Uh, Panthers skate as they get it down and get it done. Grambling defeats Texas Southern. Uh, game that goes back and forth. We were there. Texas Southern controlled early but could not get it done. A lot of turnovers in the game. Both teams are relatively young, but the Tigers are young but they're undefeated in conference players. They start out and get two big road wins with that Texas two steps, which is not something that you see often, even on the women's side, uh, a late, maybe a little more, but certainly on, not on the men's side, but that did happen. But we'll talk yeah. about that in the next segment. With that being said, I'm going to go to you first, Charles. Mm. Just broke down the four scores, at least, of those games. What stood out to you in terms of a particular score, a matchup, or a player? Where are you with uh, the second game to kick off the slate of the season thus far. Couple of couple of thoughts for me. Uh, Alabama A&M. They start off the uh, swag slate two and zero. Don't forget they lost Dariana Lewis, uh, their uh, big player from last year, who was a double double machine. So for them to come out the gates two and zero, I think that was huge for Alabama A&M's program. Uh, the flip side of that, Arkansas Pine Bluff again uh, starting out on two. They were zero for the Alabama trip again. Uh, looks like they were playing without Zay Green. Uh, Zay Green, former five-star player. She started out of Tennessee, started uh, went from Tennessee to Texas A&M and has landed at UAPB. Uh, 
talk about the type of dynamic player that she is. So to not have that scoring punch for UAPB, you certainly saw with the Alabama trip how difficult it was for them uh, this past uh, couple of days. And then huge uh, for Prairie View to get this uh, win against Southern in overtime. Uh, Southern jumped out on them early, 19-6. to six, uh, But you saw in the third quarter, Prairie View was able to fight back uh, in this game. And they didn't do it via the three-pointer. You know, Sandy Pugh, she talked about how she was going to let this team uh, let it fly. But they, again, they were 3 of 20 from three-point land. But they were able to scratch out this win against a normally tough, tough Southern basketball team. So those are my thoughts for this past Wednesday night. Good stuff, good stuff. Let me get into these conference records. Uh, then I'll follow up with you, Drew, and see what your thoughts are about matchups or even where the conference standings. Obviously, Alabama State at the top of the group with 2-0 after playing two games uh, in this early set. Alabama A&M Bulldogs, the rival right there with them, 2-0 as well. You know, Grambling State, Lady Tigers, I said, young team, but they're starting off blazing 2-0. Jackson State Lady Tigers that shouldn't fool anybody are sitting at one and oh, but those could win Wildcats uh, as they got it done against their rival, much like the Lady Tigers did against theirs. They're also one and oh. Then you get those teams that are stuck in the middle. Uh, they split a pair. Prairie AM are one and one. So are the Southern Lady Jaguars. Then you have those teams that are looking for the first victory in conference play on the season. Starting with Alcorn State Lady Braves 0-1, Florida A&M 0-1 as well. Then you have three teams sitting at 0-2. That's Arkansas Pine Bluff Golden Lions, Mississippi Valley State Delettes, and Texas Southern Tigers all sit at 0-2, as I said. Matchups, conference. I know it's early, A.D. Drew, but this is what you do when you're in the business of talking about sports. What are your thoughts in terms of either the matchups or the conference standing thus far? Anything standing out to you? First of all, I I, I got to go back to Monday night, Doctor Cavill, and it was a doggone shame that Monday night we had so many rival games played with nobody on campus. Uh, you know, Jackson State, Alcorn, Bethune, Fam, to uh, to name two of them in particular. Southern Texas Southern uh, is another one. You know, those are games that should be Saturday matinee games, not. Not Monday, the day after a holiday, when people got to get ready to unfortunately go back to work the next day. Just, just had to get that off my chest. Uh, now, now the question for me when it comes to these w women's standings is, which of the Alabama schools is going to be the one that's going to challenge Jackson State? Um, mm. when we know Jack, we know Jackson State right now is a team, is a team to knock off. You know, is is Jackson State's title until somebody takes it from them? No, no problem with that. But the Alabama, the two Alabama teams have have been the ones that have been giving Jackson State the fits over the last couple of years. So, which one of them is going to be the one that emerges and becomes a serious contender for the SWAC women's title, especially with the disappointment that UAPB has had at the start of their season, a team that everyone probably figured that was going to contend and be another one of those people who were going to be in the position to dethrone Jackson State. Good point. I will say this, especially when you take a look at Alabama State, they bring back three key players that helped them get to the uh, the SWAC championship game last year. When you talk about Jayla Crawford, Shamaya Ward, and Yana Emanuel, 
all three of them can score, can take over games at various points. So that's going to be a very uh, tough, tough uh, team uh, to keep an eye on, especially with regards to Jackson State. But, uh, you know, Jackson State, they throw a lot of size at you, and we saw that against Alcorn. They got a, a, a great uh, a transfer in Angel Jackson from USC, and she was able to go out with seven blocks on Monday. So she was really dominant in that game. Man, I love the way you think. Great points as always. With that being said, uh, we got a little time here, so I wanted to go back and visit what A.D. Drew said. I think that's the point you, point you make there. Uh, but, you know, we're a solution-oriented over here and certainly like to get into the business side of things. So some of that is in that, and I don't know if you have a solution now, but if not, let's think about that. I know when we pre-expansion, if you would, <laughs> P-B-E, before expansion, uh, this latest, latest one, the Google Conference to 12 teams, that used to be an issue at Prairie View and Texas Southern. Uh, they mm. used to have to play an early matchup that would be before students got on campus, if you would. And that used to be something that was concerning to a lot of the fans there. Uh, but in terms of the scheduling, do you have some ideas of how you may uh, fix that scheduling? Because I know one of the things when, when I had a chance to kind of look at some of the scheduling things, one of the other issues they have is the unbalanced schedule. That doesn't surprise you. I know you're quite aware of that. Uh, but you got the traveling uh, framework that they wanted to stay in, at least from the president's and chancellor's perspective of the SWAC, where you won't see a team like, uh, let's take the east side, for lack of better words, of the conference, Famia and Bethune-Cookman uh, traveling to Texas at the same time they travel to Pine Bluff or vice versa. Uh, Texas Prairie View teams traveling uh, to Alabama the same time that they would travel to Florida. So it's always verse versus. So you're only taking one long trip, if you would, one and plane ride essentially for most part. So those are some of the variables that, that are creating the challenge. I don't know if you thought about this, but one thing that you used to see in the MEAC when they had the 12 or 13 teams, and you see this in a couple of other conferences, is they would start the season at least a weekend set Back in mm. November, yeah. before students would leave. Um, so I don't know if that's something that you're kind of thinking about, uh, but that is interesting. I do know they thought about it, but I'm sure they're always open to listen if you had anything additional to that. What are your thoughts on what I just said? Yeah, I was going to say that's one thing, uh, you know, somewhere between Thanksgiving and finals, play uh, two, two to four, two games. You play, you play, you play a, a, a series so that when you go out on the road, you go out for your two, or you're at home for your two, sometime between Thanksgiving and finals. Gives the kids who are on campus something to do to kind of get them focused and engaged before they kick into these hard finals. And also gives an opportunity to generate some buzz around your basketball team. And Dr. Cavill, it gives a team an opportunity not to go into January with a possible over, yeah. Instead of playing all yeah. these P five schools, so you get a chance. And we talk about why people don't come to the games in January. It's because there's no excitement coming into the season. You you let a team start off two and zero oh, uh, that last week of November, first week of December in the BAC, SWAC, or whatever conference it is. When those kids come back in January, you're gonna have some excitement. Here's the other thing. Uh, Every one of these teams has a travel partner. 
Nine times out of 10, your travel partner is your rival. There should be two designated weekends that you specifically play your travel partner. I got two good weekends for y'all. How about King weekend? Either that Friday or that Monday of, of King holiday. So because people are out, uh, people are off work. So that's a good weekend to have some type of activity on your campus around playing your your rival. And the other one is how about President's Day? That's right before the season ends. Play, so you play one of them, you, you're at home for King weekend, you're away for President's Day weekend. Play your travel partner those two weekends, and then we don't have this thing about us playing these rivals during the first week of January when nobody is there or people are, and, and here's the other thing, maybe people too broke to go to these games that first week coming off of Christmas. So just, just a couple of things I wanted to throw out there for discussion. Out of curiosity, when I back up before Christmas, I was thinking about playing a rival game. Like, it would be cool to see a Southern Grambling basketball game prior to the Bayou Plaza or a Jackson State Alcorn game prior to the Jackson State Alcorn football game. So that that was a couple – but and, – and I guess on the flip side of that, do you give up a payday uh, for one of those road games to play – that rivalry game. So that's that's the other thing that you probably but, have to yeah, kind of balance. But out. you could be like the MEAC. The MEAC is still playing non-conference opponents this week. There are still yeah. conferences out there playing. So you can still get that payday, but you get that payday in early January instead of November. Well, I, December. I, think it, I think you do have like the MEAC and some games, but you don't have as many paydays this week um, or last yeah. week because they start to do conference play. But you got to remember, they've even expanded. So you have like the Pac-12 where – that's why I said not only did you see the MEAC, you seen the SEC. They start playing a little earlier, Big Ten also. They start playing early to start the conference, which gets into some of the points you're making. But I think it becomes a little more challenging to get the payday, which I know is one of the issues. Just play a good uh, tune-up game. I do like the idea – well, I'm not saying that we, we, got, yeah. we can't solve it here and answer it. So I'm not yeah. saying there are not options, but I'm making sure everybody understands that it may not quite be as easy as we'd like it to be. But the fact mm -hmm. that we're putting information out there is something that allows folks to discuss. Um, I know that I did have a recommendation uh, to some of those that were willing to listen in terms of that is the rivalry weekend, uh, which is a challenge when you get into the traditional Monday, Thursday, I mean, excuse me, Saturday and Monday scheduling of the partnerships um, to do a little more uh, uh, fluidity to provide where you get these rival weekends. You got to open stuff up, which means that you got to start things early because the season is condensed. One of the reasons you have this Monday, Wednesday is because you got to start, stop things obviously the week before the tournament to get times in. So you're also in a time crunch for just the schedule. So unless you open it up to November, it becomes a lot more challenging to do the things you're talking about. I'm not saying that that shouldn't be an option, but those are some of the variables that go back and forth. Do you take away probably a money game uh, to play earlier, which maybe you get some of that money back if you get more folks in terms of the rivalry game. So that's something to look at in terms of what that looks like. Also, now that you have the new contracts with the television, uh, now you have a little more reason to do it because you have the television and the money associated with it. So I, I'm sure they'll revisit it. But I do like the idea of maybe presenting this to a couple of coaches as we see them throughout the season, just to germinate and see their thoughts. Uh, because 
uh, in regards to, like you said, playing early Bayou Classic type weekends, some of those uh, rivalry game weekends. Do you play about that Friday? Now, the other thing that you got to think about, the coaches, because um, see, you got to throw this around. Everybody has a different idea. The coach is going to think one way. One of the coaching problems they will have is they're going to say their players may not be eligible. Remember, we have some people that come in the fall. They don't get eligible until the spring coming back off the Christmas break, winter break. So coaches, you know, some of them might like the idea. and Some of them are going to be a little more standoffish because they would like to get in conference play because it means so much, particularly for seating. They want all their pieces to the table uh, while your ADs are going to look at it one way. Uh, and then obviously your presidents look at it a totally different way. So that's the other thing. You got three constituents that you got to kind of look at all these different variables who have a different mindset of what they come to the table. I think it's excellent dialogue and discussion that is always important to put various things on the table that th people may just not have tight thought of. Some of these things I'm sure they have, uh, but uh, sometimes you just got to revisit as well as things come to the table. But great points made by all. Let's get into this break. We stuck over a little bit. Important, before I do that, I did want to make sure we talked about the women matchups, which is uh, this Friday for the uh, Colonial. You have North Carolina A&T at Mama. Uh, that's 8-5 and five versus 7-6, respectively. And then you got Charleston uh, versus Hampton. That's 6-6, six 4-7 six, and seven in terms of what's going on in the matchups. And the standing there, uh, A&T, as we said, sit at 2-0, and oh, while Hampton is 1-0 and oh on the women's side. So interesting matchups, what's going on there. Let's look at the MEAC because they do start their Saturday, Monday, uh, in terms of what that looks like in terms of some key games uh, coming up uh, this particular uh, weekend. We get it in there, MEAC side of things. Uh, you have North Carolina Central at Morgan State, Maryland Eastern Shore at Norfolk State, Delaware State at Howard, South Carolina State at Cotton State, which means on Monday you flip some of that and you have South Carolina State at Morgan State, Howard at Maryland Eastern Shore, Norfolk State at Delaware State, North Carolina Central at Coppin State uh, for those matchups. We'll tell you about the SWAC matchups as we talk about the men when we come back after this midpoint break. It's halftime for us. Get in there. Let's make some adjustments. We'll be right back after this break. Your ad could be ran here. MyJBN.com backslash support myjbn.com backslash support for more information. offers the most advanced and luxurious pickup in its class. Yeah, it runs. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com That's www.slowburnwaco.com Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? 
<laughs> oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Never not working. Never not working. Never, ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Standard protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. It's like a loot machine. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna lock, yeah, and who the ball, So listen to Professor, yes sir, and pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Ville with Inside HBC Lab with Clinical Professor Drew, Professor Bishop, getting in a little bit of that sport management, the sport business side of things. I like that, how you twisted it up. One last thing, caveat we talked about there that also I think needs to be put out there as we talk about this a little bit is can you flip the schedule in such a way when you, even though you still do your rotation on your uh, team format, is can you rotate and go to a Thursday, Saturday, Monday, which gives you another date, a time slot for inventory, for television, particularly when you go up for renegotiating the contract. So something to think about there. Uh, as things go out, but a lot of hey, pieces hey. in trouble, a lot of things going on. Let's get into some of the matchups and uh, uh, come right to you, Drew. Um, right. Did you want to talk about that subject in terms of Thursday? Yeah, yeah just quick. Uh, Michael Roldog Reed on uh, our YouTube feed says, Has anyone thought of scheduling a four teams in one city, kind of like a pod for a basketball weekend? And he gave the example of FAMU Bassoon. Alabama State, Alabama A&M on a Saturday or Sunday in Jacksonville, Orlando, and I'll throw this out on one of the one of the four teams' campuses. But, of course, that means that somebody's giving up a potential home game on their Precisely. own campus. But yeah. I, 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 do like the, I do like it in theory. I don't know the practicality of it. Yeah, I know they have done that for a couple of other sports. They've done that in volleyball. Um, obviously, the Gold Coast Athletic Conferences, they expanded. They're doing it in basketball. Uh, this year, they have a matchup where they're doing roundup. So um, I hadn't heard it really being discussed within the SWAC um, or the MEAC previously when they had uh, 13, 11 to 13 teams during that time period. So I don't know. That would be interesting to see uh, what that would look like because I even couldn't even tell you what would be the concern other than teams losing a, a home game. Now you had some of these teams that have taken one of their games uh, for a classic, but those team things hadn't worked out. So you've had some folks that have kind of teased around that kind of idea, but nothing there. Let's get into the squack in terms of the matchup. Thanks, Michael Rodolph, for throwing it out there and making some suggestions. Always good to get information and people's thoughts on things uh, to see how it thinks out there in how things are thought about in the marketplace. With that being said, let's get into uh, what took place yesterday. Again, you had the Valley at Alabama A&M. Alabama A&M, the Bulldogs, get it done 75-68. to 68. Uh, Good start for the Bulldogs out there for Alabama A&M. New coach there, Alabama State as well, getting it done 80-66. to 66. Grambling sneaks in. I'm not sure if you can sneak in to Houston, 
but they get it done after a tough loss on Monday. Um, at the end of the game where a shot goes from Prairie View, they rebound big and get it done against Texas Southern, 85-72. Texas Southern has a couple of players out, but you still got to – anytime you can get a road victory, uh, mm-hmm. it's a statement. Then you talk about road victories, Texas Southern gets two of them. They put out the brooms. Hard to come into Texas over the last 10 years and sweep, particularly on the men's side, but they get it done, a close matchup. Uh, actually got close as 65 to 63, I mean, 63 to 61, two-point game late in the matchup, but they pull it out and get it done 66-62. Credit to Southern Jaguars on the men's side as they come into Texas and they get the sweep to get it done. I'm going to start with you, Eddie. Drew, what are your thoughts in terms of this matchup on the men's side with the swag? Well, like you said, it's very hard to do the Texas two-step. And Grambling, and, and I'll say it, Grambling was the number one team in the Black College Sports Network ranking this year, slightly edging out Norfolk State this week uh, based upon their non-conference play. And I'm curious about Grambling. We've seen Grambling with some big key victories. But we've also seen Grambling lay, lay, some, lay some duds. And you wonder with that split of that Texas two-step, is that just par for the course? Because like you said, it is hard to come out of Texas with two. Or is that saying something about Grambling as they can't be consistent and put together those string of good victories. And this is no disrespect to Texas Southern because we don't, we all know who Texas Southern is on the hardwood. But, I, you know, for a team like Grambling who has really gone out and shown themselves to be able to do something this year, I have to just kind of pause right now and wonder – what if with Grambling, especially as we get deeper into conference play and ultimately towards the turn? I like that. I think it's a fair question. I would come from this side. I happen to see them. Grambling is nice. They got two big men, legitimate big men um, that makes it tough. I think mm-hmm. Prairie just got out of there and got that victory. But I think a mm-hmm. lot of it is just kind of what we came in there. We talked about if you would allow us to use the – football framework, the Western division of the SWAC, I think is just going to be tough uh, mm-hmm. with Alcorn, Pine Bluff, and then you really get into Southern and Grambling saw what happened there, Prairie View and Texas. So I think you just had two teams slugging it out, and you talk about the closeness of these games and runs, I think a lot of more is indicative of just how talented these teams are. But to your point, it's early. So we get a chance to really see, is this – just a, a framework of these two, four teams really being that tough? Or is it a case where Gramlin may play up and down to the competition uh, in that nature? I think it's more mm-hmm. the fact that this is just, just a little tough. But I'm glad you put that to the table, Drew, because it's a good question. And we'll get a chance to find out. Let me let Charles get his thoughts on this matchup, and I'll give you uh, what we have coming up this Saturday and Monday. Right. Uh, kudos. Kudos to Southern's men's basketball team. I think this is the first time since 2013-2014 since they've come in and, and got the uh, the 2-0, the Texas two-step, if you will. Uh, we've talked about it for, for years now, how the uh, road to the SWAG basketball championship goes through Texas, uh, Texas Southern Prairie View. Uh, joking, we, we started calling you know, the SWAG basketball tournament the Texas Southern Invitation. Uh, that, that tells you how strong the basketball is out this way. 
Uh, but I, I, I take my hat off to Southern. They, they got the win on Monday night against Texas Southern. They come back against Prairie View and get the, the win. Uh, last night, you and I, we watched Grambling and Texas Southern. I think I turned to you and I said, you just can't have any scoring laws against this Grambling team. They can put the ball in the hole. Uh, when you talk about guys like Cameron yeah. Christian, uh, Rashawn Cotton, uh, Cameron Christian, he can go for a legit double-double. He can score, and then he gets in the mix in terms of the rebounding. He went for 25-9 and nine last night. Rashawn Cotton, 4-8 from three-point line. So they can fill it up. That is going to be a dangerous team to watch. We saw them with the Swag Pack 12 Challenge. They got uh, victories in there. They got a couple other Power 5 wins in there. Grandma's going to be a fun team to watch going forward. Yes, yeah, good points. Great points made both. The other thing I like about Grambling, they're pretty deep, too. Uh, yeah, teams are not quite as deep. Uh, Southern uh, may play that kind of type of rotation. If you has a couple of players out like Texas Southern, uh, they would be even deeper. One thing that I saw with Grambling is just how deep they are. And uh, they have a little bit of everything. They have scores, as you said. They got some defensive stoppers. They got some height in there. So they're able to do a couple of things, seem to rebound pretty well. So keep your eye on this Grambling Tigers. I think they're in the mix, really. And how cautious is you know, Texas Southern started off a little clunky last year, and look where they ended up. So, and they got a legit <laughs> score. As Terrius Morrill, he went for 34 Monday, went for 20 again last night. So, if he gets hot, uh, Texas Southern also can be can continue oh, yeah. to be a no dangerous worries. team. Yeah. And as I said, you know, they have a couple of guys out too, and I know people look at that as if you're saying something. No, we're just giving you information to let you know uh, how these teams are playing. Uh, with regards to who are anticipated starters and players and what they may look like. Let's get into this Saturday. We have another six games that are good. Texas Southern at Pine Bluff, Alabama A&M at Alcorn, Alabama State at Jackson State, FAMU at Southern, Bethune-Cookman at Grambling and Prairie View at Valley. You get into that Monday matchup, and you have another uh, six games. Uh, Prairie View at Pine Bluff, FAMU, Grambling. as the travel partner switch off, Alabama State at Alcorn State. Alabama A&M at Jack State, Texas Southern at Valley, Bethune-Cookman. So some good matchups. Teams switch that were at home. Now they go on the road. Those that are at home, uh, I mean, we're on the road. Now get a game at home. So it's going to be interesting to see. Do we start to see some things uh, start to refocus themselves or uh, more of just the clutterness staying apart? We'll see that both on the men's and women's side. Quick update on OVC. Tennessee State is losing early. Southern Illinois University Evansville is up on them 38 to 31 over Tennessee State. That is on ESPN News. Uh, 156 uh, coming down the stretch in the first half. That's on ESPN Plus uh, in terms of how you can check out the game after you finish with us if you're interested in that. And then in the Colonial, uh, when you talk about these matchups, uh, we have, as we said, Hostra at Hampton. Uh, they're playing now. Hostra is up over Hampton, 39 to 23. That is at the half uh, in terms of this uh, Thursday night game. Uh, and then Saturday, you have UNC Wilmington in North Carolina. Uh, Wilmington comes in at 13 and 3. Uh, A&T is 6 and 10. You have Northeastern at Hampton, 5 and 8, 3 and 11. Uh, in terms of those matchups, something to keep your eyes just to give you a full a clip of what's going on against HBCs. We talked about the MEAC on the women's side. Obviously, you know, it's the same thing for the men. So uh, we switched it up to give both sides a little uh, framework of what's coming up on this weekend. Let's get into our last break. We'll come back. 
Give a little NIA Division II love, SIACCIAA. We got some big games in the CIAA tonight, so keep your eyes on that if you have some interest in going on there. We're going to come back and let Drew do his thing and give you a little updates on the SIAC, some matchups, and we'll be right back on the other side. Let's take our last break before we get into some of those Division II NIA matchups. Langston is still doing their thing on the men's side uh, as they uh, are playing some great basketball this time of the year. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this break. Thank you guys for what you do for HBCU Athletics. This is a fantastic avenue for, for, for all of us. This is our ESPN, so we, 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 we love what you guys do. Brian, AD, Roy, all you guys at BCSN, we really appreciate what it is that you guys, you guys do for us. Well, let's say I found the one who takes me to another level. Always stays calm under pressure. Most importantly, the one that helps me discover the coolest places. This sounds wonderful. Come outside, I'll introduce you. You're here. Definitely the one. <laughs> Introducing the all-new Nissan Frontier. At CDW, we get speed as the new currency of success. Our team spends way too much time tending to outdated applications and software when they should be focused on driving application agility and innovation. CDW Amplify Development Services modernizes software and application development to help accelerate innovation and digital transformation. So you mean building new applications, UI, and mobile interfaces? Well, you said you needed to innovate more quickly. Oh, so he's a listener. To do more at scale, trust CDW Amplify Development Services. Follow the Black College Sports Network on social media at MyBCSN1, the number one, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at MyBCSN1. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to love yeah, and who the ball, so listen to Professor Yes Sir yes, and pay attention because he going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Gaville with Inside the HBC Sports Lab with A.D. Drew and Charles Bishop. Let's get into some of the NIA Division II. Let's start with SIAC. We know that you always have your pulse on what's going on over there in the Southern Intercollegiate Athletic Conference. What are some of the big games? Uh, in terms of taking place or scores that really caught your mind this past week? Uh, let's start off on the women's side. Dr. Gaville, Chivalry is not dead. Uh, Miles goes 0 for 2 on the I-75 portion of the Georgia swing for them on the women's side as they lost to Fort Valley on yesterday, 54-44. Ever uh, Waters got on, you know, defeated Lamont Owen. Lane, continue to watch out for in the SIAC. Check it out. Lane defeated Savannah State. And we all know what Savannah State nice. did last year in the SIAC. So Lane looks like they may be for real. 
And one final uh, score of highlight, Tuskegee dominated Benedict 74-51. to 51. Flip it over to the men's side on yesterday. A couple of key matchups. Uh, Miles escaped Fort Valley 55-50. to 50. And the game right here on the Black College Sports Network, Morehouse was defeated by Central State in a game that went down to the wire. Uh, Savannah State defeated Lane, defeated SIC champion 65-55. And in another game here on the Black College Sports Network, Tuskegee 73, Benedict 69. At one point in time in nice. the second half of this game, Tuskegee was trailing by double digits. I believe it was like 12 or 13 points before coming back in the uh, second half and ultimately winning the game by four points. Uh, matchups this uh, Saturday, and this is both men's and women's, Spring Hill, uh, Central State, Albany State travels to Edward Waters, Tuskegee travels to Kentucky State, Clark travels to Benedict, uh, Fort Valley travels to Savannah State, Miles travels to Lane, and Morehouse travels to Allen, and uh, flip it over to Monday, uh, Spring Hill, Spring Hill, Kentucky State, Albany State at Savannah State, Morehouse at Benedict, Clark Atlanta at Allen, Fort Valley at Edward Waters, Tuskegee at Central State, and Miles Lemoyne. So that's what you have coming up in the SIAC. Great report. Charles, when you talk about the SIAC, you just heard what A.D. Drew talked about. Any matchup this weekend that kind of got your highs or anything uh, in regards to some of the big games that you just heard that kind of stick out to you? Go back, uh, go back. Uh, 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 what was the team uh, uh, AD that you mentioned to keep an eye on? Lane, Lane. That was that was the one. I couldn't remember who Lane. Lane, was Lane, Lane women, Lane women. Okay. Yeah, definitely on. Uh, they defeated Savannah State, I believe you were saying in that term. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, another team to keep an eye on, on the men's side is Lamorne Owen, who uh, has double digit victories already uh, this season. Memphis, Memphis will be rocking. Okay. Yes. Let's go so, magicians. Uh, yeah, two two teams that have uh, done a lot in the SIC last couple of years that you may want to keep an eye on this particular year. Good stuff. Good stuff. Gulf Coast Athletic Conference jumps off this weekend as they get into some action, so we get a chance to see what they look like as they start some conference play. Uh, but the big matchups and the king of the hill, if you would, goes back to the CIAA as they have two marquee matchups, including two top 25 matchups, number 19, Virginia Union, Host number 24, Kathleen, at the historic Barco Stevens Gymnasium. So that should be fascinating. It's a matchup with CIAA Blue Blood, if you would, Virginia Union against the conference newcomer in Claflin. So Claflin, can they get over the hump? Can they finally make a statement in regards that, hey, we're here now? It'll be interesting to see what that looks like. Both teams will likely need wins to stay ranked as well and improve their hopes of a in Division II NCAA tournament. At large, should they not win the CIAA tournament, the Union comes into the game having suffered a 12-point loss to Chattawaba uh, Tuesday, but also with the 28-game home winning streak. So it'll be fascinating to see what that looks like. Virginia Union forward Robert Osborne currently leads the league in scoring at 19 points per game and is second in rebounding 8.9 per game. Sophomore Ramad Wright leads the league in rebounding with just over 10 rebounds a game, getting up there, getting it done. Claflin is currently second to the CIAA in scoring at just under 82 points per game. This is courtesy of Steve Gaither. You know, he's going to make sure you get the CIAA 
I like it, Steve, as you put it out there. Few miles away in Virginia, Etrick, if you would, another matchup of double-digit win teams will take center stage of Virginia State, 10-3, and three, will host Winston-Salem State. You know he had to get the Rams in there, 10-2, and two, in part two of a doubleheader on the Grio via HBCU Go. The game is slated to start at 8 p.m. Uh, that is Eastern Standard Time. Virginia State handed Claflin his first loss of the season a few weeks back, and it features two of the best scorers in the league, Terrence Hunter Whitfield, is second in the CIAA in scoring at 18.1 points per game. And a six, six is a matchup problem for most CIAA wings. He is also leads the league in steals at 2.4 swipes per game. He's a headhunter. He'll get it done in terms of taking that ball from me. His wing mate, wing mate if you would, is B.J. Fitzgerald. Can score and defend at a high level as well and is another lengthy player that can be a headache at this level. So that's what's going on in the CIAA. Some big-time matchups as we get it done. With that, we'll call it a close as we get into the big-time matchups. Got you across all the basketball scenes. We told you what's going on in the SIC. As we bring the guru in here, A.D. Drew. Charles gave you a broke breakdown of what takes place on the men's and women's side of the SWAT. We'll be back into action as the Texas and Prairie teams go on the road. But we'll be watching and giving you some highlights as we're getting it done on our YouTube as well as HBC Go getting all this good information in here and good thoughts in terms of what that looks like. I'm excited about what's going on in the basketball season. We'll see what it looks like. We'll keep you updated week to week. So thank you for listening inside the HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. Want to make sure, again, we give you an update on supporting us. 25th anniversary of the BCSN, Black College Sports Network, Jericho Broadcast Network, the future of urban media. Make sure you go to myjbn.com backslash grow, that network fundraiser for 2023. Check it out. Uh, more importantly, make sure you download MyJBN, MyBCSN1, Facebook, Twitter, and IG, MyJBN Online on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe and like. We'd like to make sure you support us. We have various levels, $50, $25, and we got some things that we're going to trick up and make sure you get to support us. We always want you to join the call. So, Loves the support. Again, get the app, my JBN, my BCSN. Support us as 25 years. There's a lot of history going there as we get things going uh, and want to say thanks for supporting us. I am Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, the Dean of HBC Sports, coming from inside the lab in the college HBC Sports with Mike Watson, Charles Bishop. Again, we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Mills inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Watson, Charles Bishop, every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 o'clock. We look forward to next week as we discuss latest news in the lab. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Inside the HBC Sports Lab 1 on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you check out HBCU Nightly. I'm joining on there, giving you some updates. I got a chance to get in and give some updates on the NCAA uh, Transformational Committee. So make sure you check out Joshua Sims uh, Jr. there, getting it done for you. Dream big, continue to move forward. We'll talk with you soon, Charles. Of course. Drew? Lecture. Dismiss. Well, I'll...